Today on the podcast, we discuss the penultimate episode of True Detective. We also discuss the Hall of Fame worthiness of today's best NFL players, LeBron's 61-point performance, and answer me these questions three? All on the podcast. Welcome into the podcast, the day in sports here, now, happening, in your face, Ben Sherman, Adam Hawking, I'm the former, he's the latter, Hey, and it's happening, it's it's all happening, just like in um, Almost, Almost Famous. Famous, yeah, it's all happening, that movie. it's a great movie, yeah. Is that Cameron Crowe? It is Cameron Crowe. That's Cameron Crowe's life story. It is? He is the, the boy in that, that movie. That's Cameron Crowe. I wish that was my life story. Right? That's what, That was back when, like, Manifest Destiny was still a real thing. Anything could happen. Yeah. The you, American dream. You could be, like, a rock and roll writer and people would let you do it. And Philip Seymour Hoffman would talk to you. Yeah. And he's dead now. Thanks a lot, America. Yeah. Um, TDIS underscore Humblebrag. On Twitter. That's where we are on Twitter. Download us on iTunes. I think Twitter and iTunes are the two bases I want to hit. What about Reddit? Cool. You, it's a cool site. Then you can say you've read it. That's true. Um, but I want to talk about True Detective, Ben Sherman. Okay. The second to last penultimate episode. Episode. I've got questions for you. It's a very episodic, that show. Um, so we're kind of now back to the future or in present time. Yeah. Um, Which I liked, actually. One of my questions is, when did Marty Hart become a good cop? He's hunting down missing persons... He's like cross-referencing files, getting access to old files. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, it used to be like he just hung out by the car when Cole would find stuff. Yeah. And make like little comments. But now he's like, he doesn't really drink. Yeah. He just goes home and watches like westerns and eats TV dinners. Yeah. And he's a good cop. How did this happen? I think it's because his life is so boring. Like he's kind of depressed with his life and where it is. And this gives him some kind of purpose outside of like, because clearly he's, financially been successful yeah but that doesn't equate to happiness no and it looked like he was kind of he was a little reluctant to like help rust out but it looked like he was looking for a reason to get into this yeah and it, I, that tape that he showed him really sealed the deal yeah obviously yeah um and then i think cole is still the same guy yeah i like when he said i've spent the last 10 years stone drunk functional yeah but hammered <laughs> um and yeah, yeah, he is a little bit nicer. Like, he asked Marty uh, about, you know, what he likes to do yeah. in his free time and stuff like that. Which is weird for him. Very strange for him. Um, but, okay, so we the, the big developments, we saw the man with the scarred face. Yes. At the end. The scars weren't as prominent as I thought they'd be. No, and was that the lawnmower man from... Yes. Okay, I'm really mad at myself because a few podcasts ago when we were talking about who the Yellow King might be... Yeah. He was my last candidate. And you didn't say it. And I didn't say it because I... Didn't think someone that small would have that role. Right. Um, they and, focus, but and we just ran out of time. And, you know, the thing is, is in a lot of those shows, especially in the HBO series, I've found they don't bring in unnecessary characters and make a point of having like a two-minute conversation with somebody who you're never going to see again. So everything has looped back in this show. That slipped, that slipped under both of our nosies. So to that point... Um, well, first let me ask this. Okay. And then I'm going to circle back to them never kind of having a scene that's just a scene in a vacuum. Circle jerk. Yes. Um, is the man with the scarred face the Yellow King? Does the Yellow King really exist? Or, I mean, what's your take on that? 
Are they the one and the same? I don't think it will. Based on my gatherings, okay, there's a group of of hoodlums, masked hoodlums who like to perform creepy murder stuff and sex acts, yeah. while wearing masks. I think the Yellow King is the leader of of those folks. I think uh, Old Scarface might be the guy who brings them their their appetizers. I agree. I think he's he's, I think he's muscle. Yeah, he's maybe doing some of the brutal stuff. The dirty work. Yeah, the Norm Macdonald, if you will. Yeah, which is an underrated movie. Yeah, Sai Saigon whore that bit my nose off. <laughs> um, okay, so Marty Hart's father-in-law, who right. we talked about. Yeah, uh, a he's, couple podcasts. He's disappeared ago. too, but he has never come back. They introduced him for a reason. I think they introduced him for a reason, and now let me. Let me tie this all together. Okay. So Marty's daughters in one scene early uh, are fighting over a yellow crown. Okay. Okay. Um, that like floats up in a tree or whatever. Um, there's the daughter doing kind of her sexual acting out with her toys and her drawings and things like that. Truth. Um, then Hart's father-in-law says the thing about kids being all about sex today and all that type of stuff. He lives deep in the woods. He's wealthy. He's connected. There was a freeze frame, uh, or, or a frame that was about five or ten seconds long, during the last episode when they're in the the storage shed. Yes. Um, and it says, you know, Kings, Yellow King, Carcosa, and Scars on the wall. Right. But they freeze Marty Hart's head, and his head is covering up the G on Kings, and all you can see is Kin. K-I-N. Mm. Like it's his... You're really reading deep into this. Well, this was... I, I could never figure something like that out on my own. I found it uh, online. S- someone else posited that? Yeah, but it was... I mean, if I went back and... Wa- I've seen the episode three times now because I'm obsessed. Three times? Um, but but anyway, so I thought that was, was kind of relevant. Um, I think the father-in-law has a part to play yet, and I think he will be very prominent in the next episode. He might be part of the gang of masked men. He might even be the Yellow King. I don't know. He could be. I don't know. But, I, I, I'm sure they introduced him for a reason, though. I mean, he's got to be there for a reason. Yeah, I think so, too. I saw the, the promo for next week. I didn't see him in there. I think yeah. they're saving him as, as they're... They're trying to slip him on, in under under the cover of Nightfall. It's all about shock value. They yeah. want to shock you. I hope, I'm hoping the f- finale is two hours long. I don't know if it will be. I'm going to miss it because I'm going to be in Hawaii. I'm thinking about canceling the whole trip. You can watch it online. I think I think I can. HBO Go. HBO Go. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about hey, it. Hey, so. HBO, put an advertisement on our website, and we'll just say HBO Go a hundred times. Yeah, we'll just have a whole podcast called We Say HBO Go. Yeah. And people will listen. Yeah. Because of our melodic voices. Um, let's stop talking about True Detective. Stop. Abruptly. Let's stop abruptly. And I wanted to do a thing of which I call a segment. Yes. It's about the Hall of Fame. In the NFL. I was really scared you were going to say the Holocaust. It's about it's about Auschwitz. Um, That's sad. Auschwitz, fair or foul? Just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> it's a gray area. Yeah, That should be on first take with Skip Bayless. It's a gray area because it's... Never mind. Um, <clears throat> we did have a Holocaust like apologist in my hometown of Marshfield. Yeah. Which is just only 18,000 people. So she was like the craziest person there. And she would go to local meetings and scream about it. Anyway. She would just apologize for it? No. She would say, like, it didn't happen. Is that what that's called? An apologist? I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Uh, a psychopath? A, deni- a denier. A denier. denier. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, crazy. 
fascist. That's what I would call it. Anyway, yeah, that's a rabbit hole I don't want to get any further down in. No. Canton or Bust, Ben Sherman, okay. is which is a segment, which I just said, <laughs> where we will talk about current players. Okay. I will make a case. Okay. Or just talk about them. Okay. And you tell me, Canton or Bust, and then we will discuss. And then I decide. I don't know. I feel like I'm the authority on Canton. That's true. You're okay. from there originally. Yes. Okay. Born in those sacred halls. First, Drew Brees. Okay. Here, here's the resume or the resume. It's funny that it's called Canton or Bust because if they get to Canton, they, they get, get a bust. bust. Yeah. I know. I Sorry. thought that was kind of funny. Okay, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> you already I, knew the joke. I originally thought no for some reason. Okay. But one ring, mm -hmm. fifth all-time in yards, mm -hmm. and that's going to keep going, fourth in touchdown passes, innumerable Pro Bowls, never been an MVP, Drew Brees, Canton, or Bust? He's going to be a bubble guy, I think. Yeah. My initial inkling is, especially because he's not done playing, that he'll make it. Um, yeah, I mean, statistically, he's one of the one of the top five quarterbacks ever. So, and he's got the single season passing yards record, right? Yeah. No, Peyton, Peyton just clipped him by like seven Peyton yards. Peyton did it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's his resume right now. I think he'd be a bubble player if he adds on to it a bit for another year or two. I think he'll be he'll be right in that conversation. He should go to Canton. I mean, yeah, he's probably got three more years left at least. Yeah, I don't know about his shoulder and how that'll hold up. Um, Very few throws that I worry about him making. Yeah, and yeah, he'll probably creep up to right behind Peyton Manning or Brett Favre, third, maybe all-time in yards. I do think Brett Favre will go into the Hall of Fame. I would think so, too. Okay. The uh, the old swashbuckler, as they call him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I was just originally like, Drew Brees doesn't feel to me like a Hall of Famer. And then I looked at the stats, and it's kind of irrefutable. Yeah, I think he will be, especially if he keeps adding to them. The real question is, how on his bust are they going to replicate his birthmark? Okay, here's my other real question. First ballot or no? Because first ballot is, you know, reserved for your Montana's... Are your... we saying, like, right now, if he were to go? Yeah. I would I would say probably not a first ballot guy right now, but he'd be close. Again, he's a bubble guy. Okay. You never know where bubble guys are going to go. He's a they bubble boy. They float all over the place. He lives in a bubble. He probably should. The answer is moose. With that thing growing on his face, he should probably be put in a bubble. Um, okay, this one I did mostly to piss Eric off. Okay. Eli Manning. Ooh, no. Um, no way. Okay, so in two more years, he'll probably be 10th all-time in yards. <laughs> Either that or he'll be dead. Or he might die. Uh, two rings, three Pro Bowls, 85-66 and 66 career record, 8-3 and three in the playoffs, 24th all-time in touchdown passes. Not nah. right now. Nah, me neither. I don't think... He would have to have, like, a huge resurgence in his career, I think, and play, like, another solid, like, eight years. His career quarterback rating, which I know is a flawed yeah. number, but it's it's meaningful, Yeah, um, is 10 points lower than Ben Roethlisberger, is, like, 15 points lower than Tony Romo. Right. He had two good runs. Mm-hmm. Lucky. Of, like, eight total playoff yeah. games that ended in Super Bowls. Which is great for the Giants, great for him, um, because otherwise the Manning family would only have one. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, um, chew I, on that, Archie. I think the Super Bowl thing is almost a little bit of a lazy argument that's like a good sports radio thing. Yeah. Like, he's got two rings. Trent Dilfer's got a ring. Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to see a bust of old Dilf pants in, in Canton. Maybe in the Broadcaster Hall of Fame, because I like when he does his Dilfer Dimes segment. I hate Trent Dilfer. <laughs> I dig. I, you do not. I like his enthusiasm. He is a guy that's criticizing quarterbacks when he barely played the position with any competency himself. Just like Jaworski. It'd be like Brad Johnson being out there and be like, well... Brad Johnson does no wrong. Brad Johnson is currently 
entombed in the La Brea tar pits with all the other dinosaurs from his era. Matt Jacobson, shout out, huge Brad Johnson fan. We used to celebrate his lack of athleticism and worship at the altar of game management. You know who Brad Johnson's first touchdown pass was to? Brad Johnson. It was. Really? Yeah. Like Steve Young and he, Brett Favre. Yeah. He threw the ball, someone slapped it back in his face, and somehow he had the opiness to grab it. In the moxie. Yeah. Okay, next candidate. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger. I think it's pronounced Raplisberger. Two Pro Bowls, which, okay, not that impressive. 92.6 career rating, about 10 points ahead of Eli. Two rings, three Super Bowl appearances. Mm-hmm. 10 and 4 in the playoffs, 95 and 47 uh, career record, 26 touchdown passes all time. Probably not right now. He, but he's still got a little bit if of time. If you're projecting, say, he's like 31. Okay. Probably play till, let's say, 35. Four more years. Three, four more years. I think he'll get in. I, I think he's going to be a bubble guy. Um, I think he's underrated. I think he is underrated. People don't under. I, he's such a. I know it's lazy to say like he's a winner. Yeah. But it's not. It's not just that he happens to win. Yeah. It's that he can elude the rush, extend plays, make all the throws, and and he weighs like seventy pounds more than every other quarterback. Yeah, he's like Cam Newton but slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he there was a time too when he was, you know, maybe from like twenty five to twenty nine, where I thought that he might be the guy I'd pick of all the quarterbacks just because he could do everything. And like you said, he's so physical in the pocket. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a pro Roethlisberger, at least on the field. I'm pro Roethlisberger. I think so. I, I think he's a great quarterback. I just I, I guess I don't really know how strict these sports writers are. They're pretty. I mean, he definitely would not be even if he won probably another Super Bowl, which would give him three. Right. I don't think he'd be a first ballot guy just because he's never put up the the quite the prolific numbers of a Brady or a Manning and yeah. he's not obviously as likable yeah because um, he's had some serious errors in judgment what's amazing to me about him though is he he reminds me of like a Fran Tarkenton type but he's like a giant yeah and he's got a cannon cannon for an arm how how guys miss a target that big you know he's obviously part of that being really elusive I, I think that's amazing and I think yeah he's got a little farve in him too where um he, yeah, like you said, he can make people miss, even though he's got a huge target. Yeah. And and then make, and a little bit of Romo in him, too, just make kind of impossible throws. Right. Um, Unfortunately, he drank so much soda throughout the course of his life that his bones are made out of popcorn. <laughs> and I also think he's one of those guys that even today, even if the Steelers aren't very good, you don't want to see them on your schedule. Because yeah. he gives you a chance to, to win every game. It's like that Dave Chappelle skit. You know, when he talks about, like, the white guy that hangs out with a group of African-American he's guys. He's the scariest one. He's the guy. He's that guy. Yeah. He is that guy. You don't want to mess with him. He's got the haircut. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> okay. My last quarterback on the list. Okay. I initially put him in a different category where we just project forward, and we can still do some projecting. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, He's 29 right now. Mm-hmm. He's only played maybe five full seasons. Yeah. Is that about right? Something like that. Um, The best quarterback rating in history by nearly 10 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Steve Young is number two at like 96.2, and mm. Rodgers is 104. Uh, he's got an MVP. He's got a ring. He's had that 15-1 and one season mm-hmm. um, and might be the most all-around talented quarterback I've ever seen. What say you? What, uh, Projecting out. If, I, he, if, he, if his career ended today, would he go in? No. Okay. I don't think so. I just don't think one MVP, right? Yeah. One MVP and one ring, it's just not enough. Um. And they've struggled mightily in 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 some aspects. I think um, going fifteen and one and losing didn't help. 
No, it didn't. I mean, I think it's still a notch on his belt to to have that season. Yeah. Um, that was his MVP year. The year right. before was his ring. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. I would put him in. Of course, I think. I mean, if it were up to me, probably. Okay. But I, I'm just I'm trying to project if he would be in based on the system as it stands. And I don't think there's any doubt, given three, four, five more years. I mean, he could play another seven years that he will get in. Yeah. I think he'll eventually be a first ballot guy. Yeah, um, I think, and I, I, I still think he's got a good chance at winning at least one more ring. Oh, for sure. And I think at that point he'd be a shoe in. Yeah, because it's not the Eli Manning no two rings. It would be Aaron Rodgers, all the accolades, all the numbers, the MVPs, and he carries the Packers. I'd like to see him have a long enough career where he can kind of challenge some of those all time records. And it'll, I think it'll be a little hard for him because he sat for three yeah. years behind Brett. But he's also, I could see him playing. He's he's not. He's not a guy where you worry about him getting fat, really, no. with his physique. Um, I think, though, I do think that he's the kind of guy, I mean, like I said, you don't have to worry about him like blowing up in size. I think he's durable enough. He hasn't had any major injuries. Just this last year was the only And that collarbone is a... Could easy, happen anyway. Yeah, it's an easy fix. It's not something that's detrimental in the long term. No, I think he will be. I think, he, I think he'll be around long enough to at least put himself, you know, maybe in the top Top eight of, of those, you know, record conversations as far as touchdowns and yards and such. I think as a pure player, he's the best that I've ever seen. He just doesn't have the numbers quite yet to, to get there. Do you think he would be the same player that he is if he hadn't sat and watched old Brett for a year or two? That's interesting. It's also interesting to think if he had gone one to San Francisco rather than Alex Smith, would he be what we think of Alex Smith right now? Yeah. You know, just kind of a wasted career. Would it be blowing dudes in Kansas City these days? Don't know. We don't know. Interesting question. Yeah. Um, also, just side note, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Tony Gonzalez, obvious shoe-ins, so I didn't put them on here. Yeah. Okay. Running back. Rubs. Three running backs okay. for your consideration. I'm ready. First is Steven Jackson. Um, longtime stalwart with the Rams. He's got 10,768 rushing yards which is good for 20th all-time, 73 touchdowns, uh, three Pro Bowls, really good receiver out of the backfield, never played on a winning team. No. No, I, I agree. I don't think so. There's just too many running backs that have had that same stat line or close enough that are cooling their heels somewhere not in Ohio right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Frank Gore, 9,967 yards, um, maybe has a little more career left than Steven Jackson, 70 touchdowns, five Pro Bowls, I would say no. I think if he has two more fantastic years, which I doubt because he's 30, yeah. and maybe got a ring, then he could be like a periphery guy. What say you? I agree. I, I just don't see it right now. For running backs, I feel like you have to have the – there's they're a dime a dozen. And, you know, Frank is good for now, you know, for the league that he plays in. But, you know, he, it's not like he's been a prolific guy for, you know – 12, 13, 14 years. No, and that's hard to do these days. And yeah, I think it's almost impossible. I think, um, like with Frank, he's been maybe like a top five to ten back forever. Yeah. But he's never maybe been the best back in the league. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is like you have to be like Rodgers has been, you know, the best quarterback at times. I yeah. think Roethlisberger maybe for at least a stretch. Drew yeah. Brees probably the same thing. Roethlisberger best at trapping women in bathrooms. Really Nobody good does that. it better. It's because of his size. My next Adrian Peterson. Um, <laughs> let me just give you the yeah, resume yeah. before you start uh, thank you, thank you. playing with your yeah. DBs here. Yeah. 10,115 yards. So he's a little behind Steven Jackson, but he's two or three years younger. Obviously still uh, at least got a year or two at least of his prime. Yeah. Um, six Pro Bowls, 91 touchdowns already. 
three-time first-team All-Pro, which matters to me because that means you were the best at your position yeah. three different times. Mm -hmm. And I just think um, he's had the 2,000-yard season, so you kind of check. Second, and he's got the second-best rushing season in the history of NFL. The only thing I think that hurts him is that his team hasn't been very successful. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've had a couple of playoff seasons, a few playoff seasons, that 12-win yeah. year. But to me, he's first ballot, and he'll probably finish 13,000, 14,000 yards, which will put him top 10. Yeah. Um, I don't know longevity-wise how long he'll go, but it's not like when Walter Payton could carry the load for 10 years or Emmett Smith. Yeah. Um, or even Barry Sanders. He wants to try and do that, but it's just in, in today's league, it's 10 times harder. It's so much more physical. But anyway, to me, even if you, if you stopped his career right now, he would get in. Mm -hmm. I don't know about first ballot. Yeah. But I think two more years, he's first ballot. He's, and he has a, he's got the single game rushing record. He's rushed for more yards in a single game than anybody in NFL history. He's had more 200-yard games than most people could dream of. Um, I think last year alone, that his, where he came up, you know, what? From the ACL, you mean? Nine yards, yeah, and came up nine yards short of Eric Dickerson's record. I mean, and that... And he won ten games for that team to get him into the playoffs. He was literally, you know, one more run away from, from breaking the record. You know, it was... I think he will still play at a at a high level. He's been the best back in football, arguably, since he came into the league, and I think he will continue to be in that conversation for the next two or three years. I, I think one of the things with AP too is like the highlight reel is yeah. important for running backs. And like if you look at like a Barry Sanders reel, um, or like a Gail Sayers reel, it's just like you can just see Hall of Fame kind of written on those guys. Yeah. Like Frank Gore, Steven Jackson, really excellent backs, good at finding the hole. Not but, the big home run guys. But though. not the home run guys. Adrian Peterson, like you said, has been the best back in the league. I mean, maybe he alternated one year with Chris Johnson, yeah. who had that 2,000-yard year and then yeah. didn't do a lot since then. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think who else has been his competition. Um, it's And it seems like it's always – the conversation is always about him and someone else. It's not about – For one year, yeah, too. Like yeah. Jamal Charles, maybe for a year. Mm -hmm. Marshawn Lynch, maybe for a year. Um, and, you know, even on a down year, he's usually in the top three in rushing. Like this past year, I thought, was a down year, and he had, what, 1491 or something like that? Second until he got hurt. Second or third in the league in, in rushing yards until he got hurt. He's always going to be a guy, if he plays, and he plays as, as often as he can, um, he's always going to be a guy that, that's up there in that conversation, at least for the next few years. Moving to receivers. Okay. Reggie Wayne, a uh, little over 13,000 receiving yards, which is 11th all-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, six Pro Bowls, 80 touchdowns, one ring. I think so. I think Reggie's a maybe. I'd be surprised if he wasn't a first ballot guy, um, but he will get in, I think. With that resume, it's a lot tougher to do it, I think, to do that in today's NFL as a receiver. Uh, Calvin Johnson aside, there's not a lot of consistency there. Look at, look at guys like Andre Johnson, who was, quote-unquote, the best wide receiver in football, what, Two years ago, a year ago, yeah, and for a long time, and now it's just like you you hardly hear about him. So, um, I agree with you. I don't again. I don't think first ballot. If he comes back from his ACL and plays two more years, maybe gets to that ninety ninety five touchdown mark, mm -hmm. maybe he could be first ballot. Um, but I think we're in agreement there. Andre yeah. Johnson, glad you mentioned him. He's next up. Dre Dre, uh, twelve thousand. Dre Dre, yeah, mm. twelve thousand six hundred sixty-one yards, so uh, about a full thousand yards behind Reggie. Yeah, but seven Pro Bowls, two-time All-Pro, not that many touchdowns, sixty-one touchdowns. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, probably before Calvin Johnson, he was the kind of de facto best receiver in the league for yeah. maybe three, four years. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? I I would honestly be surprised if he did make it in. 
Um, Unless he has, like, again, if he can have put together three more Pro Bowl caliber years. Which would be hard because who's their quarterback unless they they get somebody in the draft. Right. Um, So I think that makes it a lot more difficult. So I, yeah, I, I'd say right now no. If he can, if he can put together three more solid seasons, then probably. The interesting thing to me is I, I agree with you. I maybe peripheral guy, and we've seen guys like Chris Carter have to really wait his turn. Yeah. So it's hard at and receiver. And he was Chris Carter was a guy that played forever. Oh, and had numbers. I mean, only behind maybe Jerry Rice. Yeah. Um, but Which I think I think what's interesting is. If you were asking GMs, you know, at the start of their career, knowing what we know now, I think most guys would take Andre Johnson because he's 6'3", bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. Maybe didn't have the numbers because he didn't play with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Um, you know, you put Andre Johnson with Peyton Manning, maybe he's number two all-time in all these categories. Right. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. Also injury-prone. A little bit, yeah. Kind of a, kind of a breakable guy. Steve Smith, Carolina Panthers, mm. um, 12,197 receiving yards, 67 touchdowns, uh, 16th all-time in all-purpose yards ahead of Tony Dorsett, Terrell Owens, and Randy Moss. Mm. And no rings got to the Super Bowl that one time. Yeah. I would say no. Um, you know, there was actually a period with where he and like Chad Johnson for two or three years were probably the two best guys in the league. Yeah. But he never, maybe because of his size, mm-hmm. maybe for some people that's a bonus that he did it all when he was five nine. Yeah. Um, but I just never felt like maybe he dominated the game for a couple of years, but I don't think he had a prolonged stretch where, like, I didn't when San Francisco, my team played them in the playoffs this year. I had no worries about Steve Smith. He no. ended up scoring a touchdown, but I wasn't like, we have to stop this guy. And he's a little bit older now. Yeah. I think all that athleticism in that body poses an easier challenge for defensive players than, say, if he had all the same physical attributes for the most part, but he was four inches taller. Right. Um, that's a lot harder to handle. I think if he had been blessed with a few uh, few more inches in his height, he probably would be a, a shoe-in for Pro Bowl. But it's just, I just don't see it. I mean... He was one of my favorite players to watch. Well, is one of my favorite so players to watch. All the time. Yeah, I just th- I just thought the way I mean he is angry. I don't really enjoy that, but it just his speed and his physicality, yeah. his size was I thought really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Jason Witten, tight end. I put him in the receiver group. Right. Um, ginger. Yep, ginger, which helps. Uh, just shy of ten thousand career yards, which obviously he's not going to have quite the same numbers as a receiver. Yeah. Um, nine Pro Bowls, two time uh, uh, first team All Pro. 52 touchdowns. What say you? I still think Jason Witten's got some playing. He's only 30. Yeah. He's I thought young. he was like 82. I think by the, especially if Dallas can at least put together an, a couple more playoff runs, he's one of those guys I could see being kind of like a Tony Gonzalez, sticking around and just being... Possession guy. Yeah, and being good at playing tight end until he turns 40 years old. I would put him in right now, to be totally honest you with would. you. Nine Pro Bowls? I mean, how many years has he played? I know the Pro Bowl is sometimes a little bit of a flaky thing. It's a stupid... Um, stupid jerk thing and i you know sometimes it's like part fan vote and things like right. that so i mean sometimes it's not the greatest metric but i think for him he earned it just about every year yeah. he's at the tight end position that's hard to do a thousand yards pretty much every season um and again there was a time where i thought he was probably the best tight end of the league he slowed down a little bit yeah um never was a super speed guy um but, but he ran some good seam routes yeah and i just think you know he's tough he's physical he's been one of the Feels weird to say, but one of the few bright spots for the Cowboys over the last ten years. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, I still think by the end of his career he'll be he'll 
going to the Hall of Fame. I think he'll be right up there with like Antonio Gates and Gonzalez and 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 those types of guys yeah. for um, statistics on the tight end spectrum. Yeah, I think he'll have a longer career than Gates too. I think so too. Um, Calvin Johnson, uh, definitely. He's only twenty eight. Yeah. Although according to Matt Elam, he's old. Um, Three time first team All Pro, which I think. M- Matters. Did, did Matt Elam learn that at Foot Locker? Finish line. Yeah. Finish line. Whatever. So about half of his years, he's been first team All Pro. Um, Nine thousand three hundred twenty-eight yards and sixty-six touchdowns. So he's got five more touchdowns than Andre Johnson, who's played about four more full seasons. Right. I don't know if you put him in now uh, into the Hall of Fame if his career ended. Although he did break the single season uh, receiving yardage record, mm-hmm. and he's clearly the most dominant receiver in the league and probably has been for three years now. And yeah. I expect that continue for another two or three. Absolutely. I agree. I think by the end of his career, he's going to be a shoe in. Um, he's just a freak. He's just a physical freak. He literally, he's like LeBron James on the football field, as much as I hate LeBron James. Except he's a lot quieter, which is kind of yeah. nice. And he's like, he's into like drawing cartoons and such. I find that interesting. That helps his resume. It does. He's quiet. Very quiet. Kind of a nerdy guy. I I like that. I think he might even be a peripheral if you ended his career now. Maybe eventually he'd get in. Probably not, but um, certainly certainly he will. Maybe he'll go Barry Sanders and just like quit quit in his prime. Drop the mic. Make make Detroit explode. (laughs) And then Barry Sanders will come back. Oh, how good would it be if Detroit just exploded? Um, Antonio Gates. We mentioned him. Eight-time Pro Bowler. Three-time first-team All-Pro, 87 touchdowns, over 9,000 yards receiving. So he's got almost he's got 25 more touchdowns than Witten. I would put him in uh, as of right now, and his career is winding to a close. He yeah. may have another year or two. How long has he been in the league? Ten years? Something like that, Maybe. right around there. Yeah. God, I feel old. I know. Don't you remember when he was like the new guy? Yeah, on the scene? I was just thinking that. I was like, oh yeah, I feel old. He's Anyways. close to retirement. Yeah. I think he he's gonna be a bubble guy. Um, it'll really maybe come down to the last couple of years of his career. I mean, if they can put together a run and he can put up good numbers or good enough numbers to kind of keep his totals climbing, um, I don't know. I really don't. He's he's a tough one for me. Well, he's played a lot of kind of in obscurity in San Diego, yeah. where they were competitive a lot. Well, he was the he was the best. He was the arguably the best player on their team um, aside from LaDainian Tomlinson. Yeah, and I think this has been kind of a golden age for tight ends with Witten and Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez all sort of playing at the same time. Gonzalez, obviously the gold standard. But Witten and Gates, I mean, if you compare their numbers to other tight ends, are two or three or four right on the list. Yeah. Um, So I think at least relative to tight end history, both guys deserve to be in, in my opinion. It's weird to me that they were able to do that in such a short amount of time. I think it's just because like, we're old. Is that is that the tight ends just they don't have long careers? Like, what's that about? Yeah, and I think you know, back in the day, um, tight ends weren't always used as you know, as there, weapons. Yeah, there was a time when it was basically a sixth offensive lineman with decent hands. Yeah, um, you know, Ditka was kind of the first, you know, play like a wide receiver type guy, and then that didn't really happen again until uh, you know, like Ozzie Newsome, and then there was like Ben Coates, guys like that. But there's been kind of a tight end revolution. You know, over the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, with the the crossover athlete, a lot of basketball players especially. The yeah. Antonio Gateses, the Jimmy Grahams. The Grahams. I think, yeah, I think we'll see probably a lot of those tight end records get smashed. Defense now. I'm oh, going to ask you about defenders. Okay. Patrick Willis, five-time All-Pro, first-team All-Pro. 
uh, seven Pro Bowls, 949 tackles, seven interceptions, 20.5 sacks. What say you? No. Not right now. I don't like him. Well, you're wrong. No, I, I do, actually. Um, uh, I don't think at the linebacker position there's been so many great players. Um, I think he's on his way. I don't think he's very old, is he? He's 28. 28. So he... Out of, another good five years in him. Out of seven years, he's been voted as the best or second best middle linebacker five times. Yeah. Um, which I think has to say something. Yeah. Um, seven Pro Bowls, like I say. So he's never had a year where he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I just feel like there has to be some... I don't know. I, I If he has, if he keeps playing the way at the level he plays for, for another four years, um, I would be... Um, it would be hard to, to say that he doesn't deserve to be in there. Um, but again, I think I think, I think he needs a ring. I think the rigors of Canton, yeah, are are mysterious to me. Yeah, they are. I I, I think that he's honestly the Ray Lewis of his time. He just doesn't talk. Yeah. Um. I well, mean, and Ray Lewis, I mean, two rings. Two rings. Super Bowl MVP. Yep. Finished. You know, his Super Bowl MVP was a little dubious. They just liked this. He got five tackles. It's on his resume. Um, but it's on his resume. You're right about that. Um, but there's no linebacker that's as accomplished through this part of their career, aside from a ring, which yeah. he doesn't have, than Willis. I wouldn't put him in. I'm, I would consider putting him in right now. I think by the end of his career, he'll be a first ballot guy, um, just like Ray Lewis. We are in an age where good linebackers are few and far between, I've noticed. And he used to be a 4-3 guy. He, he was there during San Francisco's growing pains. They yeah. transitioned to a 3-4, um, has had no problem doing that, and has led, you know, one of, if not the best defense in the league over the last three or four years. I think you're right, you know, three, four more years in a ring. Yeah, that would do it for me. John Abraham, 133.5 sacks, mm -hmm. which is ninth right behind Richard Dent and John Randall. Dick um, Dent. Five Pro Bowls, two all-time, two all-pros, and 48 forced fumbles, which is the most ever. Now, that resume sounds like a, 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 a Hall of Famer to me. I didn't, when I just said the name John Abraham, I didn't, I didn't really he's think so. He's been around forever. He's been around. He's a bit of a compiler. Yeah. Um, but he's... I appreciate that, though. Yeah, shows, indisputably shows good pass Tenacity, rusher. longevity, dedication. I think, you know, he doesn't need to do anything more. His case is pretty much wrapped up at yeah, this point. Yeah, I would put him in, maybe not first ballot, but I think he gets in. I would probably agree with that. I mean, I think longevity is something that is goes a long way in those conversations. Guys that stick around as long as he has played for... He hasn't bounced around much. He's how long was he in Atlanta for? Oh well, where did he start? He started with the Jets. Jets was there for a long time. Was with the Jets for a long time. Like three or four years in Atlanta, I think. Three or four. Yeah, yeah. And he, and you know he's got one of those kind of skills where he's a pass rusher. You yeah. know what he is. I guess you could knock him for that, but at the same time, that's about as valuable a commodity as there is. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll get in with those kind of numbers. I mean, geez. Um, second Viking on the list. So two Hall of Fame candidates. Why aren't they better? Yeah, Jared Allen who will probably no longer be a Viking after this year. Kind of sad. 128 and a half sacks. He's only 31. Yeah. That's 12th all-time, five Pro Bowls, and this is what stuck out to me, four-time All-Pro. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty impressive resume if you just stopped it right now. He's definitely, I think... He's getting close. He's in decline. He needs to which be... Which is weird for being only 31. He needs to be on a team... Well, I think his skill set doesn't play well to the aging process. He... It's quickness. He's leaner than you see a lot of defensive ends. He doesn't have the same kind of power um, that maybe some of the bigger guys do. He's he's real tall, but he doesn't 
He doesn't carry a lot of weight in his um in his hips or in his no. Legs. I mean, he's real slender. Yeah. If, if you just look at him, I mean, he looks like a tall guy, maybe yeah. not like a football player. Yeah. Real um, big. I mean, I'm sure if he was saying next. Oh, you'd be yeah. crap our pants. But. Right. Exactly. And I just think, I think if he could go somewhere, like a New England or something, yeah. somewhere someone that would use him situationally. Yeah. Um. He he's, could still put up a 10-sack season. You know, that's tough for him, though, because he's a guy that works well when he's got a good lather going. Um, and he's a good run defender. He is. He needs to go to a place where he is playing on a defensive line with, you know, other Pro Bowl caliber type players so that he's not garnering um, a ton of attention. If he double, if you double team him, he's gone. I mean, he, he's not going to fight through a double team to, to get a sack more than, you know, a couple times a season. So would you put him now if he didn't play another snap? I would. First ballot or probably a second ballot. Yeah, I don't think he's a first ballot guy. Just because if you say Jared Allen, you're not thinking. God, I hated watching him play. When, Best uh, defensive player of all time. When he played for Kansas City, I and he and he was and, you know in the, really in his prime. I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. Young and hairy armpits and all. <laughs> I hated him. I absolutely hated him because it was just you couldn't they, they couldn't stop him. No, and he's had I mean multiple seasons of like 16, 17, 19 sacks. He almost broke the single season record. Yeah. Michael Strahan's fake record that he has. And the four the four all-pro nods, I mean, basically every third year he's been voted as one of the best players at his position. Yeah. Um again the all-pro thing, he and Willis, there, there's something to that to me. Um I think if he gets towards maybe 140 sacks, which would be 12 more by the end of his career, uh, I think he definitely has to get in. Ah, I think he'll do that, too. He'll probably get 12 this year. Justin Smith. You dork. Uh, the Cowboy, San Francisco 49er. Yeah. Uh, Country. His resume as a 3-4 defensive end, statistically, is a little hard to, to, to put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Five Pro Bowls, one time, I think one time All-Pro. Uh, 82 sacks, which is pretty impressive for a 3-4 end. Okay. Um, 861 tackles. I think he's been consistently the best or second best with J.J. Watt 3-4 end over the last three or four years. I can't see him getting in just because he doesn't have the kind of type of you know high-wire numbers that a sort of sack artist would. But yeah. if I were rebuilding a 3-4 defense and you know I could take him at the beginning of his career, he'd be one of my first couple of picks. Yeah. But I don't think he'll get it. I don't. I don't think so either. Julius Peppers. Yes. 119 sacks. No. 17th all time in that regard. Never. Eight Pro Bowls, three All Pros. I think Julius. He might be like a second ballot guy, second or third, maybe even tenth ballot or fifteenth. I mean, some of these guys. I mean, Chris Carter had to wait six, seven ballots, something yeah. like that. Well, that's. That's just I think the way that, it I is. I think that was just because people didn't like his attitude. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you could argue that with Peppers. He's been. He's been great. I I think he's been inconsistent at times. Yeah, I, yeah. I, he's one of those guys that, as great as his numbers are, you feel like he should have another twenty or thirty sacks just yeah. because physically, he's kind of that Jadavian Clowney mold. Yeah. Um, his ears are too big. But I I think he'll eventually get it. I think so too. Demarcus Ware, one hundred seventeen sacks, seven Pro Bowls, four time All Pro, kind of right there with Peppers. Right. Um, I would. I think he'll get in. I think he was almost a more feared pass rusher than Peppers at times. Morpheus? Yeah. I agree. I, I Absolutely. I think DeMarcus Ware, in his prime, he just has a little bit more punch than Peppers did. Peppers was kind of another one of those long and lean guys, big arms. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, what, where DeMarcus Ware's career goes from here, because I don't think he's going to stick around in Dallas. Jerry Jones has already basically said if he's not willing to take a pay cut, then they're going to have to 
dump them by the side of the road. Yeah, the Cowboys just did some major restructuring. Jerry Jones finally admitted, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Cowboys cut $17 million in payroll and are still $1 million over the cap. Jerry just loves to pay people. He stopped. He stopped worrying about me. firing people and just started handing out money. Like yeah, he was... just got nicer. Yeah. Um, okay, I've got a couple more guys for you. Idiot. Okay. Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney. Okay. Mathis, one hundred and eleven sacks. Freeney, one hundred and eight, which actually surprises me. I, I Lower. kind of looked at Freeney as the better all-time. Yeah. Player. Um, Mathis, forty-six forced fumbles, which is third ever. Freeney, forty-three. Okay. Uh, Freeney, a four-time All-Pro. Uh, Mathis, a one-time All-Pro with five Pro Bowls. I think Freeney, for some reason, just that spin move that he had, Yeah, I would put him in. I don't know if I'd put Mathis in. Matheson? Mathis in. I think it's tough. Those are two guys that are, you know, what do you say about a Dwight Freeney? Uh, Dwight Freeney's only one man, just like Jonathan Moxon. I think that, um, well, Freeney's career is pretty much uh, over. Yeah, and Mathis had what nineteen and a half sacks. Yeah, last so year. I think I think Mathis, if he has another big season, he could probably put himself well into that conversation. Dwight Freeney is going to be it'll could go either way, as far as I know. My last guy. You said that last time. Lance Briggs, sixteen, the most tackles ever, seven Pro Bowls, one time All Pro, <clears throat> in or not? No, not enough Pro Bowls, and no Super Bowl accolades. Okay, he went to one. He went, went to one. one. Yeah. I I don't know. To me, he was as much the face of that defense as Brian Urlacher. But Brian Urlacher kind of got the, the cred. And Brian Urlacher's numbers, I think, are more impressive for over the span of time that he was there. Do you have any numbers to actually back up that Brian statement? Brian Urlacher once ate 12 cheeseburgers in a row in Chicago right. when it was cold outside. Ben Sherman is... Your blood sugar must Ten be low. 10-foot mountain man. All right. Move on. <laughs> You need a new topic. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Okay. When we come back, I've got a, uh, an amalgam of topics to hit you with. No okay. I want to get your reaction. Amalgam? Yeah. On the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, the Day in Sports podcast. Ben Sherman. Here. We've got a Present rundown Present and here. accounted for. Good. Okay. Adam Hawking here. Taskmaster. You know what's funny? What? We would not make it in the military. <laughs> <laughs> no, we would not. Thank God it's not one of those countries where there's like a, a, a mandated two years. I'd be dead. Oh, yeah. Either that or it'd be like Stripes and we'd end up like driving an, an RV through Germany. Razzle dazzle. Is that Stripes? That is Stripes. That's very good. Um, okay, Ben. Yes. The salary cap in the NFL increased by $10 million. That's a lot. And I was, yeah, it that's is like, a lot. That's like a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber player. Yeah. In some teams. Or, you know, I mean, if you looked at the free agent market last year, mm-hmm. a lot of values were had later in, in free agency. Yeah. You could get two, three starting or, or right around that level starting players yeah. uh, for that amount of money. Or and, a great field goal kicker. Awesome kicker. Nick Folk was franchised for $3.5 million. You could get three kickers. 3.33333 repeating. That, that's smart. Um, okay, so teams like the Browns and Raiders have like 40 to $60 million to spend. Okay. And they're going to have to spend it because you have to spend something like 95% of your cap. Right. Um, but the more elite teams also, like the Niners, Patriots, Colts, Panthers, Packers, 
Vikings. Now, now Vikings, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> now have more wiggle room to get those guys. Yeah. So does the $10 million bump actually hurt the teams like the Browns and the Raiders, even though they have a ton of money? Because if they have their druthers, wouldn't the elite players go to elite teams? I don't think money makes a difference to garbage fires like Cleveland and such. You can't throw enough money it's at that. It's just like you could take money away, you could give them money, no matter what, they're going to suck, I think. I mean, those are just organizations that... From the top down, they're just they just wallow in mediocrity, and they always will. I think I I can't see the Cleveland Browns winning a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I can barely even envision my team winning a Super Bowl in my lifetime. And I feel like they're at least a step above the Cleveland Browns. I think I agree with you, and I think the biggest thing is not like you said, how much money do you have, but I think how the, you spend it. How you spend it. The teams like the Patriots, the Colts, the Panthers, the Packers aren't going to go. I don't know. Throw fifty million dollars at Hakeem Nicks or you know Brady I mean? Quinn. Brady Quinn, now I'm done. Um, but, okay, just wanted to get your take on that. Next, mini topic. Mini. The Orioles sign Johan Santana. Yes. Um, I thought that was odd. He's it's, a, like a, it's like a minor league deal, right? Yeah, so apparently um, it's it's a $3 million deal if he makes the roster. With right. A chance at $5 million with incentives and all that crap. Right. If they cut him, it's like a $100,000 payout. So yeah. no risk. Uh, type of move. He's apparently right now throwing in the low 80s. Okay. Um, he's probably going to work, you know, maybe he can work to get back to the... Well, he's still rehabbing his yeah, shoulder. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't expect him to be going all out. Um, but what did you think of the move? And then I wanted to ask, is he the best pitcher that you ever saw with your own eyeballs Ooh, as a Twins fan? Um, I, I like... Um, on Baltimore's part, it's low risk, high reward. I mean, yeah, I agree. If, if he performs well, they pay him and, you know, both sides win. If he doesn't, they dump his corpse in a dumpster uh, outside of Camden Yards and they move on. I always thought it was sad kind of what happened to his career when he went to the Mets. It just kind of ended. Um, he should have never He should have never left Minnesota. No. Um, I mean, he got tra- he got traded, didn't he? Or, or was he a... No, he was a free agent. Okay. They um, off- Minnesota offered him money, obviously not as much as the Mets, but... You don't go to the Mets. No. If baseball history has taught us anything. Yeah. And the Amazons. From, okay, so more to the point of was he the best you ever saw. From 2004 to 2010, yeah. he led the majors in ERA with 2.87 over yeah. a six-year span. Strikeouts, he led the, the majors with 1,479 and tied for second with wins with 110. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially um, for my team, he was the best pitcher I ever saw. He... And I think what would have been great for his career, if he had stuck around through the transition to target field, that's a pitcher's ballpark. I mean, yeah. you know how hard it is to hit the ball out of that out of that field? And the Twins organization has always, I think, cultivated pitchers well. Yeah. Um, and then just a quick note, 4.85 ERA, ERA the last time he pitched in 2012, so not great. We will see. Yeah. LeBron James, your favorite guy, scored 61 Wait. points. Who? Jabron Lane. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, God, you're a nerd. I, um, my question about it is yeah. not, I, I, I don't want to debate if the 61 points was impressive. Obviously, it was. Yeah, but I mean, super impressive. Not anything to destroy Sports Center for a solid 72 hours over. My question, as good as LeBron is, mm-hmm. uh, he usually doesn't get the point totals like that mm-hmm. because he's kind of a pass-first guy. Right. Um, can... Can or does that hurt him in the all-time discussion when we talk about, you know, Kobe's 81-point performance or Jordan going for 50 multiple times or Wilt scoring 100? I don't know. I think, to me, those numbers don't mean anything. Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 points is 
you know, that benchmark is ludicrous. I don't even think that's, like, actually on tape or anything. It's like... No, all they have is the picture. Yeah. It was like there was no TV. I mean, obviously it happened. I believe that. But I think that that was a totally different time. Kobe's 81, to me, is almost as impressive yeah. or more because he was a six foot six guard in the modern nba but single game point totals for me in the nba mean next to nothing okay next to nothing i mean it's like you have one game where every time you shoot the ball it goes in the hoop throw a golf ball into the ocean um yeah i mean we saw terrence ross for the raptors who nobody knows score 51 yeah, points I mean, this year and depending on you know and this is obviously the second the bobcats it's the second time they've had a player go over 60 points against them this year that's Charlotte basketball, baby. Um, I would say, you know, like performances in the playoffs. Um, like yeah, when, that would be different. When, when Jordan put up, I think, 63 in the Boston Garden. Yeah. Like, that's one that maybe it, it isn't a huge notch on the resume, but it's something right. you remember. Playoffs I, I treat differently than the regular season because there's so much quit in NBA teams in the regular season. Like It's so much different down, in, the, in like, the postseason. They're like, ugh. It's like, it's amazing how defense starts in the yeah. playoffs. It's just yeah. totally different. Um the Heat have won eight straight games. Okay. Uh, I think LeBron has less help than Kevin Durant, in my opinion, this year. Um, I think the MVP race is tightening up. So here are LeBron's numbers. Mm-hmm. 27.5 points, 7 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 58% shooting. Durant, 31.5 points, nearly 8 rebounds, 5.5 yeah. assists, 51% shooting. Still Durant? This will be, uh, yes. Okay. I think for me, this is one of the few times you'll hear me agree with Stephen A. Smith. But however, I think, I think Kevin Durant is he is more of a natural scorer, whereas like you said, LeBron is a it's a great passer, a prolific passer. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I will say about him. That's nice. He passes the ball good. But I do think that um, Kevin Durant means more to his team than at this point than LeBron does. I actually would tend to disagree with you. I think LeBron's supporting cast is a little bit better um, than Kevin's. If Dwayne Wade stays healthy. That's the big thing, yeah. which he, he really he has. has. He's he, had a couple big games. I mean, He doesn't play in back-to-backs, which is hard. He's missed a lot of games this who year. Who does he think he is? Old. I think that's what he How thinks. How do you think he's that old? How old is he? 32? 32. But his knees are just gone to hell. Speaking of old, Steve Nash reportedly won't play again this season, according okay. to Mike D'Antoni. Really? Um, yeah, he's barely played this year. He barely played last year. He will turn 41 next season. Is he one of those dogs that has like their back legs hooked up to a little wheeling machine? And yeah, he honestly his... is. That's a great visual because that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, my question, is he being selfish by trying to play next year when he clearly can't contribute? Um, I'm biased because I'm a Laker fan. Right. And I want his $9.7 million to come off the cap. Uh, obviously, it's his career. If he wants to play, he can. They signed him to the contract. But he's obviously not worth $10 million. He's not worth a million dollars if he can't play. Yeah. Uh, is it a selfish move? On his part? Yeah. you got to get that money. Okay. I'm getting them checks. I think so. I mean, he's earned that right at this point. He does. He earned that money because of what he did before that. Yeah. That's what we've seen in sports all the time. Is it's not necess- You don't necessarily earn the money that you're getting while you're getting it, you earned it before when you weren't getting as much money as maybe you should have. Like Kobe Bryant making $30 million this year to not play $25 million yeah. or $50 million over the next two years. Yeah, that's a, I'd be more concerned about Kobe's oh, Kobe's cap. I'm concerned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's not going to do it. But, you know, the thing about Kobe is the last time he was playing, um, granted, he's had a severe injury, yeah. but he was giving you 27 points. Six assists and six rebounds. But he's getting to that same point where he's later in his career, and 
I'm who just knows saying, if he's ever going to be that guy again? I, well, I don't think he'll ever be that guy again. But, you know, the last time Steve Nash was playing, he was giving you nine points and five assists, not nearly 30 points. The last time Steve Nash was playing, you know, Green Day was was popular. <laughs> also, that joke. <laughs> good one. Also, Kobe's only, I think... 35. He's okay. six foot six. Yeah. So I think he'll be able to. I think he'll be able to score pretty wor- much forever. I'm worried about Kobe. I, I'm worried about him. I mean, he broke his knee just like standing there. I'm worried that he's just he's gonna like fall apart. And well, he's never gonna come back. He was completely indestructible for 18 years. So maybe it just yeah snapped. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Love, 50 double doubles through 59 games this year, which is pretty unbelievable. 27 points, 13 rebounds a game. The Wolves are now above 500, one game. 13-29. Yep, four games behind Dallas. Here's what's actually interesting, though. Over their next handful of games, they get the Knicks, Pistons, Raptors, and Bucks all in a row, all at home. Okay. Then they go to Charlotte, where Kevin Love can score 60 points, then back home for the Kings. Mm-hmm. That That's seven games in a row where if you took it to Vegas, the Wolves would be easily favored in all of those games. Okay. So that, if things pan out, which we know don't always, but mm. if they win those games, they'd be 36-29. and 29, Okay. Um, and definitely in position to take the 8 or 7 seed. Any hope for you, Ben Sherman? Nope. Nothing. Nothing. You're all set? They can make the playoffs and I'll have zero hope. Okay. I, well, just, I mean, they don't have a chance to beat the no, Thunder, but nothing, I think it'd be interesting if they made the playoffs. It's okay. And then they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round or whatever, and then Kevin Love leaves. I mean... Nothing good will happen for that franchise ever. That's that's the bottom line for me. I mean, it's, do you see what I'm saying? Like, no matter how well they play for the rest of the season, they're not going to win a championship. Well, no, they're not going to win it. I just wonder. I don't. So, know. I mean, then the, the season's a failure. No matter if you lose the last game of the season, it's a failure, time and time again. I don't. I don't agree with that for the Timberwolves. Well, but, but I mean, do you think Kevin Love's going to stay? No, and, I, unless unless somehow. This offseason, they pull some kind of trade to bring in a marquee player that, you know, they can start to win with. They don't They don't have enough people in the seats to pay for that. I mean... Well, I mean, salary cap is salary cap. Rick Adelman is going to go off to the funny farm after this year where the gentleman in white coats will escort him gently down the hallway. I just think... Well, I mean, it's not going to be a matter of whether they can pay those guys. They'll, they have to, they'll spend up to the salary cap. Ricky Rubio is just looking forward to his 12 a.m. dinner schedule after trade the him. game. And that's what I wonder. wants him. Well, I would disagree with that. I think he, he's a good, I think he's a good player. He needs to work on it. His shot is horrible. Isn't his field goal percentage like seven? It's one of the worst in league history. Yeah. Um, it hasn't always been that way. Go back to Spain. But I think they've got some tradable assets. I'll say that. He and Kevin Martin and Pekovic, um, there's got to be you something get one good player that they could do. You just need too many good players in the NBA. It's never going to happen. All that right. team is, it's they they make the playoffs. I'd be surprised if they even sold out a playoff game. Really, I would be shocked. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't either. It'd be interesting if they make the playoffs. It's and it's just it's just delaying the inevitable. It just pads Kevin Love's resume a little bit. It would be a step in the it'll, right direction. It'll get him more money whenever he decides to crawl back into whatever Californian hole he crawled out of. There's no more money to be made. He's going to make it all. What you, I got nothing. Okay. That team You're just is, mad. Is, no, it's it's there's nothing there. Okay. It is it is a it is a lack of an asset. It that team literally just exists just to exist. They're never going to win a national championship. Not here. It's just what's the point of watching them? What what as a fan? Sell me. I want I want to be sold. Sell me. This is coming from a Vikings fan. I but 
The Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings have made made it to an NFC Championship game in what? In the last four years? Yeah. When was, was the last time? Farm, when was the last time the Timberwolves had any kind of a playoff run? They got to the West Finals in two thousand four ish. Okay, that was ten years ago. Yeah, and that was the first time, time in how long? I don't know. Long yeah. time. It's. I mean. I agree with you. I mean, the resume is is god awful. Football is more of a of a sport where parody. Yeah, and you see teams worst to first much more much more often. Basketball, you have to build something. It has to be in place. Even with the Heat, all you have those, to be able to keep people. Too. All that talent in one place in Miami, and they couldn't make it happen by snapping their fingers. It's not going to happen here because we don't. You'll never be able to recruit base. somebody. What are they going to do once? It, I mean, the Target Center is a decrepit, you know, monument downtown. They're never going to get the money to rebuild it. No one's going to. They're no. going to leave. They're well, going to and even with mountains of cap space, I mean, who's coming through that door? Yeah. You know, I don't think they could even get a meeting with Kevin Durant or LeBron James no. or Carm- Carmelo no. Anthony. So they would have to trade for somebody, and then it's almost like those guys feel like they're captive in Minnesota, which I don't really get. They don't have enough. They've paid too much for what they have, so they've overextended themselves. They're never going to get that value back. Um, what's Kevin Love got left on his contract? I think he's a free agent after next season. So best they can do is trade him before his contract's up. Yeah, and, and I then still start over. Again. And I still and there's just they're always going to be working with a deficit. Bottom line, I just don't see him ever. I think the biggest problem for them is Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Ricky Rubio is the well, I guess it's two: the fan base, yeah, and then for whatever reason, the market is just an absolute turnoff to yeah. NBA players because they haven't. They've they've so forlorn their fan base. People who are still who are still Timberwolves fans should probably be on some kind of social welfare or because medication. there's something wrong with them. I'm kind of a closet Timberwolves fan. I like to watch them. I like the way they play. Yeah. I mean, not like winning basketball, but I just. <laughs> but, I mean, you could never. That could never be your sole. Oh team no! I mean, I, I'm you, shame. I'm a Lakers fan, yeah. so it's things have been good for me. Um, I'm kind of enjoying the tanking effort, too, this year. Yeah. Because we never get a lottery pick. Now we're going to get one. It's more fun. Um, okay, let's take a break. When we come back... More Timberwolves. Timberwolves Live. No, answer me these questions three. I've got special Vikings questions for You've you. got more than three. I've got like six questions. <laughs> okay. But for the sake of the segment, we'll keep it questions three. Okay. That's coming up. On the podcast. Ben Sherman. Yes. Answer me these questions three, even though there's like seven of them. Three times two, plus one. Okay. Or maybe there's six. I don't know. X equals four. I don't count that good. Okay. My first Ben Sherman-specific questions are all Vikings-related. Good. I like Vikings questions. I do, too. Um, If you had to keep just one Viking Mm -hmm. out of this group, who would it be building for the future? Cordero Patterson. Norv Turner. Mike Zimmer. Okay. Adrian Peterson. Or Cordero Patterson. Ooh. See what I did? They're coaches and players. You, have to, you must choose. I like North Turner, I think. Uh, I think he's more of an asset than, as much as it pains me to say, coaches are, a good coach is more valuable than a good player, I think. I agree. And I'd take Norv. Because I think Norv... He's going to finally give some life to that offense. Well, and he's, he just... Offense is what drives the NFL now. And quarterbacks. And quarterbacks. And he knows both very well. And he's he's got the experience to back it up. Second question. Oh! What will be the impact on the Vikings team, free agency, franchise, etc., 
of playing in TCF for two years and how nice is TCF relative to other NFL stadiums? Ooh. Will it um, hurt them? I don't think so. I mean, there's, there's, as far as ticket sales go, there's less inventory. Um, so in some cases, you know, with dynamic pricing, that can drive, drive up the cost of the tickets. So you might not suffer very much from a revenue standpoint. Um, and from what I've heard, I've never actually been to TCF Bank Stadium to see a game. Um, but from what I've heard, the amenities are on par with most pro stadiums. Um, it's the first college football um, stadium, outdoor stadium of that size and caliber that's been built in, what, 50, 60 years? It's nice. I like it. Yeah, it's real nice. So I, I'm not too worried about it. I think it'll provide a good home field advantage to come wintertime when the cold weather comes. be interesting how the Vikings kind of transition as a dome team to playing outside. It's going to be so brutally cold oh. at the end of December and January. Oh. You think, Count you me think, out. You think Soldier Field and, and Green Bay are cold. Minneapolis is just a, a little bit colder. Which is just so awful to even think about. It's that little bit. Um, okay. Just the tip. Last question. Okay. If it's affordable, would you want Matt Castle back as, I guess, insurance policy? Nah. No. No, because Christian Ponder's on the roster. I don't need Christian Ponder Plus. Okay. Bonus fan question from Mike Dewall. Okay. Uh, from my freshman dorm. Mm. Old buddy. Is he handsome? He's very handsome. If he's handsome, invite him in. You're invited right on in, Mike Dewall. Okay. This is a question I'm going to lob at you because okay. I don't know anything about hockey. Okay. Would you rather have, who would you rather have be captain of your team? Jonathan Hughes mm. or Sidney Crosby? Ooh, that's a good question. Both Canadians. Yeah. Hmm. Captain? Yeah. I guess maybe leading your team, who would you build your team around? Or I guess captain. I don't know. Take it however you want. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taves. Yeah. Um, he's just got a little bit, maybe less um, kind of star power on the ice um probably a little bit not quite the the just natural hockey player that sydney is i think jonathan taves is a better leader i'm not sure sydney crosby is an easy person to work with closely um he's kind of got a personality that seems to rub guys in a in an odd way um and jonathan taves has uh the more recent championship under his belt i'll t i'll field this next question from andrew delane also, freshman dorm love from Minnesota. Who's who's more handsome, Andrew or previous question guy? Oh, it's dangerous. Got to choose. There is no choosing. You They're both choose. one. Uh, both number one. Does Ryan Braun, Andrew Delaney, a fellow Brewer yeah. fan, stay clean for an entire season? If so, does he hit thirty or more dingers? Do the Twins or Brewers have any shot at the playoffs? Um, I will say that Braun won't get caught. Uh, I think he'll be careful, but we've seen cheaters be unable to stop. It's almost like a compulsive thing, and yeah. we also know he's willing to lie really, really super hard. Super, super hard. Slapping you, slapping you with lies. Yeah, um, with his DBs. So I don't know if he'll stay clean. I do think he'll hit 30 home runs because he's super talented Yeah. Um, and a great offensive player, and so I would say that. Um, I don't think the Twins, especially in the AL, have a shot at the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, you would know more about them. I think the Brewers have a maybe a 10% chance. They've got to overcome the Pirates, the Reds, the Cardinals, just in their own division. Um, that said, they've got uh, uh, some decent front line starting with Garza and Gallardo and Loesch. They've got uh, a good young shortstop. They've got Braun, uh, Lou Croy, Carlos Gomez was ac excellent last year. So they've got talent. I'm not sure that they're deep. 
at the right positions. They're raw at a few positions, and I'm not sure they're, they're pitching is deep enough. So a shot, maybe, for the Brewers, but not likely. I agree. Anything for the Twins? You think they got a shot? Detroit's good. I think yeah. Detroit's going to stay on top of, of that division. Question from Antonio Danbaris. <laughs> from Marshfield, but not from... Oh, I've wrestled Danbaris before. It's a good time. I saw that. Yeah. I saw you wrestle Danbaris. That Barris. happened. Um, that actually did really happen. Danbaris asks, do you think the point after touchdown should be at the 25-yard line like they're discussing? Is there even a point to the PAT? Why not make a touchdown worth seven points and have the chance to go for eight with a one-point conversion? If horses have horseshoes, <laughs> do they have horse socks? If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Adam Hawking. That was a great post. Yeah. Um, you wanted to get you you wanted to include the nonsense at the end. I just copy pasted, so I I'm, it's like Ron Burgundy, I just read it. You can't take the nonsense out, it loses all its beauty. Right, exactly. And if there's one thing I know, it's that Antonio Danbaris is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Do you think the PAT should be at the twenty five yard line? No, I think that's a stupid idea. I think they should either just leave it the same or, like he suggests, make the touchdown worth seven points because I don't know why we need to put more F F emphasis on a one-point point-after-touchdown play, moving it to the 25-year. It just seems like a circus. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of going for one if you choose to. Right. Otherwise, let's just end it. Want to hear my idea? Just take one dip and end it. <laughs> Want to hear my idea? Yeah. I think... I'd love to hear your idea. ...that you should keep it the same... But the person who scores the touchdown has to kick the extra point. Or you can go for two. How do you feel about that? It makes <laughs> if, it more of a challenge. If Cordero Patterson scores the touchdown. Yeah, he's got to kick it. I think the kicker's union would strike. There's a union of kickers? Oh, yeah. There's a kicker's union. Is there really? No, I don't think so. Oh, um, I would have believed you if you said yes one more time. <laughs> Damn it. But, yeah, I think he's right. I think just get rid of it and then have I, the I, option. I'm not opposed to moving it back, to be honest with you. I think it makes it more of a challenge, and then teams are more likely to go for two. It's going to mix the score up so that you don't have, like, that sure thing of... Se that seven points isn't a sure thing. Yeah, I, I like guess, that. I guess the way we, it is now, there's almost no point to kicking the extra point because yeah. it's going to go through, except... What is it, two every year are missed? 99.6% percentage. I think they said, yeah, something it's like, like that. Two, one or two every year that, that are missed. So, I don't know. I just don't think it's that relevant that yeah. it needs to be changed. Yeah. Um, Make the coach kick it. Okay, if horses have horseshoes, do they have horse socks? Of course, because otherwise they'll get blisters. <laughs> Silly question. Um, okay. I like that. Those are the fan questions. Fan forum. Now, Ben Sherman, you ask me questions. Answer me Three. these questions. Okay. I have to find them. Okay. I think you deleted them. No. no I'm just kidding. Question number one. Yeah. Is this your favorite part? This what? is an ag this is a prequel to the questions. But uh, is, is questions through your, your favorite bit? I like it because... You're sneaky, you ask good questions, and um, as much as I like the planned segments, I like not knowing what's going to come. Does the sneakiness make you uncomfortable? Sub-question B. Dangerous, but also safe. Okay. Yes. Okay. First real question. Okay. What's the most frustrating part of your sports fandom at this point in time? That's a really good question. Um, you know, <clears throat> the Brewers are frustrating, but it's like... It's kind of like the Timberwolves. I'm used to it, and yeah. I, my expectations are low. But you enjoy watching. And I enjoy watching, especially going to a game. Just go, You can go to a Brewer game and just people watch and drink and not really worry that much about the score. So I guess that's not too frustrating. I knew the Lakers would be terrible. Um, and really, it's better to be terrible than mediocre to get that draft pick. So that's not too frustrating. And who am I to complain as a Laker fan? Um, so I would, I guess I would have to say 
in terms of teams, it would be the 49ers making it to three straight title games and not getting the ring. That's been difficult. I would say my overall sports fandom, um, ESPN is pretty frustrating, especially ESPN.com, mm-hmm. where every single article you click on, it's like, wait a minute, you're not an insider. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I just wanted to read your made-up trades for Carmelo Anthony. I'm not paying for you to make shit up to me. Yeah. Um, so I guess that would be most frustrating. ESPN in general. I mean, they, their product has gone downhill <coughs> so far. Yes, it has. Because they, they're the only game in town. Yeah. I mean, like the Fox Sports Live or whatever just hasn't mounted a challenge. And so, I, yeah, I would say that. Number two, do you think LeBron James will go down as the greatest NBA player of all time? On his merits... you got to project. On his merits, yes. But will people consider him that? No. Because Michael Jordan is so ensconced in our nostalgic memory. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I he's post... got the rings, too. Yeah, he's got the rings. It's just when I post questions about it, it's like before I even finish typing, it's like people are like, No, Jordan! 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 Jordan, you know. I'm a Jordan guy. That's fine, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's right. You know what I mean? And um, numbers-wise, Jordan is still. I mean, he, he had a he had a higher player efficiency rating, which he was a leader of men. Is a pretty good measure of all-around game because obviously Jordan was more of a scorer. He's a different type of player Great than LeBron. Great defensive player. Great defensive player, but so is LeBron. LeBron is a better passer, uh, a better rebounder, yeah. a better overall athlete. Can defend more positions. I find Michael more handsome. Michael's definitely more handsome, more charming, mm-hmm. better off the court mm-hmm. in terms of how charismatic he is. It'll depend on the ring count. Yeah. LeBron has to get at least six, because if he gets five, he's right there in Kobe territory, even though he'll have more. I mean, he's got, what, four MVPs, which is pretty ridiculous in mm-hmm. the last five years. He'll get probably up to five or six MVPs, four or five rings. I would be shocked if he got five rings. i got to be honest. Well, if he gets one this year, that'll be three. Mm-hmm. And then he'll have... It's a big if, though. Yeah, it's a big if. You're right about that. I think that. What, you still got the Pacers as your, your favorite, right? Yeah, Pacers, Thunder, Spurs, Clippers. I mean, lots of really good teams to get through. But the Heat are right there yeah. in, in terms of a favorite. Oh, if they play well, when they're playing well, they can beat anybody. I think. And if Dwayne Wade is healthy for the final two series, yeah. which is all it has to be, East Finals and Finals. So they've got a shot at getting a third ring. I guess the way I look at it is he makes the right decision in the best basketball play more often than Jordan even did. Okay. Jordan would force more shots. Um, over the last few years, LeBron's shooting percentage has been higher than Jordan's ever was. Um, like I said, he's got more skills. I guess I don't know if overall resume will end up matching Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think he'll be 1-2 okay. with Michael. Final question. Yep. Are you ready? Yep. Hold your breath. If you could play one NFL position, what would it be and why? Ooh, I like to fancy myself. <laughs> I know you do. That's why I asked as like you a that. tough blue collar guy. Like I, even though I'm not at all, yeah, I'm really a fancy boy. Um, <laughs> and I got a rocket arm that people just don't know about. They just give me a shot. But I don't want to be a quarterback. I'd like to be like a left guard, just pulling and just smashing people. Yeah, and like I'd be one of those guys that. Once they took their helmet off, their face was completely drenched in blood. Yeah. Something as physical as it gets. You know what mine would be? Waterboy. Kicker. You'd be a great kicker. I would be a good kicker. Longest careers can be lucrative if you're good at it. Yeah. You don't ever get hit. Yeah, that's true. And except you, I think, might be the leading 
tackler for the kicker position all time. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. And leading uh, most penalized kicker in the history of, of ever. <laughs> most horse collar tackles yeah. of all time. Most times cleats have been taken off and assault has been attempted. Yeah. But yeah, that's all my questions. Okay, well, let's wrap it up there. Wrap it, wrap it, wrap it. I had an excellent time, except for when you got mad that we had too many Hall of Fame candidates. I didn't get mad. Candidates. I can't ever just give you my opinion. You make me feel bad. You just it. got too sassy about it. But thank you for checking it out. Download us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at TDIS underscore Humblebrag. I'm Adam Hawking. You're Ben Sherman. Yeah. Eric Lejeune. Send us your topics. Thank you, Andrew Delane, Mike DeWalt, Dan Barris, for the fan questions. And we will catch you next time.